Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. As we enter into Thanksgiving, we have a lot of reasons to be thankful, and so many times we forget the reasons to be thankful, why, why we should be thankful. And Paul encouraged us in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Sometimes it's not always easy to give thanks. When you wake up and you find out your hot water tank broke and there's water all over the garage or inside your house, and we've had that two or three times in our life, always happens on Sunday morning. I have no idea why, but the hot water tank always happens on Sunday morning. It breaks and... Or, you know, you buy that brand new vehicle, you love that new vehicle, and you have it for like two weeks, and all of a sudden someone sideswipes you, and now all of a sudden your new vehicle is no longer new. And it's hard in those times to give thanks. But yet Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Many times when things go wrong, We look to blame others for our problems. We want to blame God. We want to blame our spouse. We find anybody. I want to blame our children. We want to blame our parents. We try to other people. When things go wrong, we want to do the blame game. Yet Paul says, again, be thankful in all circumstances. Don't be blaming. Be thankful. It's such an important truth because I want you to catch this thought. When we blame, what are we not doing? We're not praying. We're not giving thanks. When we blame, all of a sudden our mind is set over here instead of being set over here where I'm going to give thanks for the good things I see that God has blessed me with and I'm going to pray about those things that I just need help in. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. That is probably the most difficult scripture in the Bible. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need And thank him for all that he has done. Nothing is ever gained by blaming God. Nothing. There's nothing that's blamed, that that is gained by blaming God. The real gain is learning to walk through the problems and the difficulties with God's peace and strength. That's the gain. It's learning to not allow our difficulties to affect our love and our devotion to God. Many times, troubles and all those different things start to affect our relationship, not with just with God, but with others, with our spouse. What would happen if we said, no, I'm not going to let troubles ever get in the way of my relationship with my wife or with my husband? I have a wife, by the way, so I don't have a husband, I have a wife. But what would we say that, you know, I'm not going to let troubles get in the way of that, or I'm not going to let troubles get in the way of my relationship with God? In fact, God has given us free choice, and many times our difficulties are self-inflicted and have nothing to do with God. Yet many times we want to cast blame. We want to, cast, we want to blame God or others. We want a scapegoat. Can you imagine what God feels like if the only communication he receives from us is complaining? I called a friend just a few months ago. I hadn't talked to him for a number of years and I called him. I just thought I wanted to encourage him. And when I, after, I got call, after I called him, 
I talked to him for about a half hour. I thought, I'm not calling him again for a long, long time. Because I just got so discouraged and depressed. It was like, oh, this heaviness. What, would ha- what do you think God feels like if the only time we communicate to God is about the troubles we have instead about the blessings that we have? Complaining will never bring God's blessings on your life. Paul writes, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul is asking us to do the exact opposite at times of what we feel. There's times we feel like I want to complain. Paul says, do the opposite, give thanks for all circumstances. When the hot water tank breaks, Lord, thank you that I at least live in a place that I can have hot water. When my car gets... Thank you, Lord, that I'm not riding my bike to work every day. You see, there's always something to give thanks for. Will we experience disappointments and sorrows? Yes. But we can't allow the difficulties in life rob us of the joy that we find in Jesus Christ. Today I want to show you that Paul practiced what he preached. He didn't just tell us to do something and then not do it for himself. He actually did it. On his, in his own life as well. And if we want to get rid of the blame game, if we want to get rid of that whole thing of being ungrateful in our life, if we want to get rid of that bondage, there, we, we can hear a story of the Apostle Paul, and I believe that we can be set free from those things. Let me share a story about Paul and Silas who found themselves in prison. And a little background to the story is the Apostle Paul was traveling on his second missionary journey. We have recorded that he had three missionary journeys that he traveled on. Each were like two years to four years long. And he's on his second missionary journey. And when he's on that missionary journey, uh, one night he has this vision of a man from Macedonia who is crying out for help. He says, come and help me. This is in a dream. He sees this man from Macedonia. And because of his dream, Paul and Silas board a ship, and instead of, instead of going the one direction they were planning on, they sailed to Philippi, which is the major city in Macedonia, because they had this dream, and the Holy Spirit was leading them that way. It was in the city of Philippi that Paul encountered a slave girl who by the power of an evil spirit, she would foretell the future. And that slave girl would follow Paul and Silas every day. Paul and Silas were trying to communicate. They were trying to share the gospel. They are trying to share the good news of Jesus. And this slave girl, this girl who was able to foretell the future, she would follow them each day and she would proclaim these words, these men are servant of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. The problem was it wasn't in a good way. It says in the Bible she was screaming, yelling, screeching it. It was almost like warning people away from Paul and Silas. Paul finally, he gets so exasperated with her. He has so much. He turns around and he says, out of you evil spirit. He casts the evil spirit out of the slave girl. All of a sudden she is free from that evil spirit. The problem is she can no longer foretell the future. And her owner, slave owner, was really upset because he was prospering off of her ability to be able to tell the future. So he gets so upset that he has Paul and Silas arrested. 
And they're dragged in front of the court, and, which is in the marketplace amongst the city officials. And it says in Scripture that they're beaten with rods. And it's at this point I want to read the rest of the story in Acts 16, verses 22 through 31. And you can follow along with me here today. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, everybody say around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is written for us to be able to read and to understand. And I pray today by the power of your Holy Spirit, that your word will take life in us. That it won't just be uh, dormant, but God, it will be alive, it will be effective, and it will change us. I thank thank you, God, for this Thanksgiving week that we're walking into. And I pray that this word, Lord God, will make us come alive. As we're meeting with friends and family, Lord God, I pray that we are grateful and that we'll have an attitude of gratefulness, Lord God. That will, that will be presented to all those that we see this week. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me, give you, let me share several benefits of a thankful spirit. And the first thought is this. A thankful attitude guides your perspective. Paul and Silas found themselves in a terrible predicament. They really hadn't committed any crime. If you think about what they did, they were just traveling along and they were, they were sharing the gospel and it was this girl who just kept on following them with this evil spirit and just kind of over, talking over them at times it appeared to be. And really they did a wonderful thing. Paul actually cast the evil spirit out of this girl. But because he performed this wonderful miracle, they find themselves being dragged to the city officials being beaten, which was illegal because Paul was a Roman citizen, and so he, there he should have never been beaten, and he reminds them of that at the end, but we probably won't talk about that today, but we'll see. But uh, so anyhow, they find themselves beaten and thrown into prison. The scripture states that Paul and Silas were locked up into the inner dungeon of that prison. It was the most difficult place to try to escape from. My question to you today how would, because we read this, and we just kind of read it and we don't think about it. How would you respond if this happened to you? You're doing something good. You're trying to be, do something good. And all of a sudden, you are taken by force. You are beaten. I, I think about what just happened in Israel with people who are just taken hostage. How do you respond to that type of a situation? I mean, let's be honest. 
I get bent out of shape when someone takes my parking stall when I'm driving to the restaurant. Or when I'm on the freeway and someone cuts me off, I can get bent out of shape. I'm going, you know. What would I do in this situation? How would I respond to that situation? How does Paul and Silas respond? They are praying and singing hymns unto God. They aren't blaming God. They're praising God. Paul knew that worship and prayer would keep his mind in the right perspective. He didn't allow his difficulties to change his attitude. That's a tough one. So many times when we have difficult situations that come upon us, our attitude changes. What would happen if we can get into the place like Paul and Silas where we have so much trust in God where our attitude won't change just because their circumstances change? Just, and this is something to think about. Just because your circumstances are bad does not mean that God isn't good. Remember, Paul received a vision, and I want you to catch a hold of this. He received, where did he, he received a vision of a man from Macedonia calling out for help. And I've always kind of believed, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I've always kind of believed the man from Macedonia calling out for help happens to be this jailer who is in charge of this, this jail in Philippi. Could this all be orchestrated for this one family, for this one man, that he could find salvation? See, Paul was willing to do anything to bring people to Jesus. And he didn't allow circumstances to, to take him away from following after God's will. A thankful attitude will keep your perspective true. Paul didn't lose what his mission was, even because difficulties was happening. He stayed on mission. A thankful attitude is like a compass. You know, if you're ever out in the woods or you're out in the water, a compass is really important. It keeps you, it tells you which direction you're heading. This, a thankful attitude, keeps your direction on the right path in following God. Second benefit, a thankful attitude stops the entitlement spirit. Do you know it's difficult to be thankful when you think everyone owes you? When you feel that God owes you, government owes you, your family owes you, your friends owes, owes you, your husband or your wife owes you. It's hard to be thankful with an entitlement spirit. It cr creates an entitlement attitude that negates your ability to see the good that surrounds you. So many times we are so entitled we don't see the good that's already around us. In the book of James, James writes these powerful words, James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. See, that entitlement spirit all of a sudden creates something in us that wars again. In fact, do you know you can just fight with yourself? You don't even need a second person. You can have something going. In fact, there's times I feel like, and this is, I don't know how to say it. There's this whole thing that, man, I need some just alone time. To, to. I see sometimes this alone time, if it's not pointed to God, can be the worst thing that you could have in your life. It just creates these crazy thoughts going in your mind, and all of a sudden things start to whirl in you. You know what? Put, put your alone time and say, I'm going to work for Jesus. I'm just telling you. If your alone time is, is spending time with the Lord, that's great. 
But if it's just thinking, all of a sudden you can all of a sudden have these entitlement type of spirits and jealousy and everything else starts to fight inside yourself. And we're not supposed to have an entitlement spirit. So how do we combat a spirit of entitlement? We learn to be grateful for what we have. We start viewing life as a gift and not an entitlement. Paul and Silas viewed their work for the Lord as a gift or a calling. Paul's life was not easy, folks. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten multiple times. He was stoned. How many of you have been stoned? He was stoned. There's so many things in his life, and yet he has the ability to give thanks. They were thankful, Paul and Silas, to be chosen by Jesus to share the good, share the good news of his love. There was no entitlement spirit, spirit. They were truly grateful for the opportunity to serve the Lord. I read an article the other day, and just recently happened, I think in 2020, a, a woman named Kristen Fox, who all of a sudden came down with the flu, and then she came out down, down with bacterial infection, and then all of a sudden she had sepsis, and that whole thing, and I got an echo coming in for some reason right now. I'm not sure what happened there. Anyhow, um, all of a sudden she came with sepsis. And when, when that happened in, in her life, she ended up losing her, her arms and her legs. They were amputated. She's in her 30s. She has two kids. It's a heartbreaking story when you start to read it. It's like, oh, my gosh. When her physical therapy, she did survive. She made it through that whole process, and in her physical therapy, she started, uh, it was a grueling process on her, but she, she stated these words, and I want to read them to you. She says, I have to conquer this because I have to be a mom for my kids. They could have mourned my death. They, I could have died. They could have been mourning my death. They didn't. I have to go and fight and kick butt in this therapy every single day to be the mom they need me to be. I share this because she didn't let the spirit of entitlement keep her from following the purpose that God had designed her to be, and that was to be her mom. She was thankful, even if she didn't have her limbs or her, or her legs, that she was still alive, that her kids were not mourning her death, and that she could still be the mom to her kids. See, there's always a reason to give thanks. And the rest of the story is that she's wearing prosthetics, she's driving her car, she's back to work, and guess what? She's a mom to her two kids. Because she had an attitude of thanksgiving and not an attitude of entitlement. Third benefit, a thankful attitude unlocks you from bondage. Notice how Paul and Silas were set free from their shackles and from prison when they were praying and singing hymns to God. It didn't happen when they were complaining. Lord, why, why me, Lord? It didn't happen during that time. Man, out of all the people, Lord, why me? Why, why couldn't you got Peter or, or John? Why me, Lord? They were set free from bondage when they were praying and singing to the Lord. And it's an important reminder to remain thankful no matter your circumstances. David writes in Psalms 100, he says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The way into God's presence is through thanksgiving and praise. And I believe it's also the way out of your bondage. It was for Paul and Silas, thanksgiving and praise. An attitude of gratitude will release you from a victim mentality. Because if you have a grateful heart, 
you can't harbor that victim mentality. See, the victim mentality always wants to blame others, which places you in the bondage. And we, I don't think so many times we understand that whole thought, but let me dive into that for just a moment. So many times when we have this victim mentality, we want to put blame onto others. What it really actually does, it puts you under the bondage, subservient to the other person. They're not wanting to blame you, but because you're blaming them, you're putting that blame on, on them, all of a sudden it puts you into a bondage situation. Paul and Silas were un, unjustly locked up in prison. They could have seen themselves as victims, but they praised God instead. And the result is this. It took the power out of man's hands. I want you to catch this because this is really important for so many of us. It takes when we praise and we give thanks, it takes the power out of man's hands and it puts it into God's hands. And I'd much rather have, guess what? My circumstances, my problems, my difficulties, not in my hands or in anybody else's hands. I want them in God's hands. They refuse to be victims to their circumstances. They put their trust in God. The fourth benefit, a thankful attitude empowers your words. A thankful attitude empowers your words. Jesus said in his gospel, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart, what is your heart full of? When you are thankful, your mouth will naturally speak accordingly. Meaning, as your heart changes towards gratitude, the words in your life will follow. Your, your words will follow your heart. Paul and Silas are so grateful that even prison couldn't stop them from praising God. No matter what the difficulties, no matter what the circumstances were taking place, guess what? Their heart was so filled with gratitude that their words were following. They were praying. They were singing praises to God in prison. Crazy thought. And by the way, they were praying and praising God silently. It says in the scripture that the, all the rest of the, the, the people in the prison could hear Paul and Silas praising. They were listening to what was taking place. Guess what? That Philippian jailer, he was listening to the words of God that Paul was sharing to Silas. And Silas was sharing to Paul. He was hearing everything that Paul and them were saying. They weren't silent. They were concerned about what others might think. Have you ever seen the contestants on The Price is Right? In fact, we went to The Price is Right a number of years ago. Man, when, they, when their name is called, come on down. What do they say? Come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. They go crazy. They hug strangers that they don't even know more intimately than they hug their own spouse. Ah, and they're going crazy. They're doing snow angels on the stage, whatever else, and... They're acting completely out of character because guess what? They've been called down. They've been, they've been chosen. They've been chosen by the price is right. Can I remind you today that you've been chosen by God? If people can act that crazy because they've been chosen by the price is right, how crazy should we act because we've been chosen by God? Paul and Silas, they weren't, act, they weren't silent. They were praising God. We shouldn't suppress our excitement about God. We should share about God's goodness and grace to others. Our gratefulness isn't designed to be silent. The last benefit, a thankful attitude, makes way for the supernatural. Probably the most important thing you need to hear today 
is when we have a thankful attitude, when we just praise the Lord, it opens up room in our life for the supernatural to take place. Inside the story, we see an amazing response by Paul and Silas. Remember, they'd been beaten. They now are chained. They're in the inner part of the prison. Most likely, their, their feet were chained. Their hands were chained. Paul and Silas, honestly, they didn't know if they were going to live or die. I mean, they're in prison, guys. This is not like our prison when you get, you know, get to go to college and get TV and all the you know, luxuries of life. No, no, no. These guys are in a rock cell type of prison. Probably didn't know if they were going to be executed the next day. But as Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God, that earthquake took place. And it shook the very foundation of that entire prison so hard that the doors of the prison, every single door opened up and the chains all of a sudden just fell off. Supernatural miracle taking place. And it happened as they were singing and praising the Lord. The jailer who was in charge was about to fall, and it says in the scripture, he's about to fall on his sword and kill himself. Because guess what? If he lost one prisoner, that was, that was the price he had to pay. He knew that if the prisoners were gone, anybody was gone, he was going to be executed for failure. And so he was ready to, to fall on his sword, and all of a sudden he hears these words from the Apostle Paul. He said, stop, we're all here. Don't kill yourself. Don't do that. It's amazing to me that none of the prisoners tried to escape. Why? That's not a natural response. If I'm in prison, and all of a sudden, supernaturally, I'm set free, I'm not looking behind. I'm running as fast as I can. I'm getting out of that place. It's not a natural response. I've thought about that. Why would everybody stay in prison? Why would they just stay there? I believe so much of this is orchestrated and we can't understand what God does behind the scenes. I think Paul and Silas are there. And as I shared before, guess what? A thankful spirit brings power to your words. As they were worshiping, as they were praising, as they were talking to each other about the wonderful good, goodness of Jesus, all the prisoners were listening to what Paul and Silas were saying. Even this, this jailer was hearing what, they were, what Paul was saying, and the words became powerful to them. All of a sudden, they wanted to know more. And even in the midst of an earthquake, they stayed put. It wasn't a natural response. It was a supernatural response act that was taking place. Scripture states because of Paul's response, the jailer comes outside, he brings him outside, he said, what must I, what can I do to be saved? Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today and you and your household will be saved. Scripture goes on and says they were all baptized. Because why? Because Paul and Silas didn't put on entitlement spirit. They were just thankful to the Lord for whatever opportunity they had to serve him. And God opened up an opportunity for this jailer to be saved. Come on, isn't that an amazing scripture? I wonder if this is where we get Philippians from. Could he be the first house church in Philippi? Because he is in Philippi. We don't know for sure, but we do know that there's a church planted in Philippi. Today I remind you that a thankful attitude doesn't just impact your life, 
it impacts the lives around you. This Thanksgiving, we're going to gather with people that we don't like sometimes. Come on. Can I be honest? Can we be real? We will. There'll be times where you have family members coming in or whatever situation. And man, you better put on the attitude of thanksgiving, the attitude of gratitude, and have that heart of thanksgiving because it's not all about you. It's about what God's going to do through you. No matter what situation you face, no matter what difficulties that you might be going through right now, you might feel imprisoned. I want to share with you today, you can have the same supernatural experience that Paul Silas did by just choosing to be pray, to praise and to give thanks. You can be broken out of your bondage. But it starts with making the same decision that the jailer made. He chose to surrender to God. I encourage you today, put your trust in Jesus. Learn to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is powerful and it is effective and it changes lives. We ask today, Lord God, that you would fill us by the power of your spirit. We ask, Lord God, for a blessing as we enter into Thanksgiving this week. And it's, a, it's a, an American holiday. But God, I'm taking that holiday and I'm changing it to a, a biblical holiday for me where I'm going to this week, Lord God, give you thanks and praise like never before because I'm so grateful that you, Lord, have saved me, that you, Lord God, you have rescued me, that you love me, that your grace is upon me, that your forgiveness is, has been accessed because of my faith in you, Lord God. I am thankful, Lord, that you came from heaven to earth 2,000 years ago, that you died on a cross for my sins. And I wasn't even born until almost 2,000 years later, but yet, God, you died on a cross for my sins. You, need, you knew I was going to need the forgiveness ahead of time. And God, you were so, you were so powerful, you're so merciful, you're so loving, you're so kind that you came from heaven to earth for me. And I'm grateful. And I give you thanks today, Lord. We as a church, Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord God, that we have life or that we have breath to breathe today, that we have life. Help us this week, Lord God, to honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.